Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Welcome back to the Hope of the Well podcast. And welcome back, Pastor Patrick, to the country. Thank you. You are so welcome. Um, along with Pastor Patrick and myself, we have Pastor Matt. Hey. Who filled in preaching this week, did a great job. It's great service. I thought we'd just start by you telling us a little bit about your trip. Uh, you came back snake biteless. Yeah. Which was an answer to prayer. Yeah, so. it was. Uh, I didn't even see a snake, so that was good. Um, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing trip. Uh, I would say I went with an expectation, and um, it was blown away again. But, you know, that's just consistent generally with uh, going on mission trips is that it's almost always better than what you expect because mm-hmm. God shows up and, and shows off and, uh, and, and really reveals himself and um, who we're supposed to be in unique ways when we're in uncomfortable sometimes situations and unfamiliar situations. Um, so when I went, uh, I went with a, a ministry called Compassion International. And I thought I was pretty aware of what Compassion did about feeding children around the world. And they do that. But it was much more holistic than just uh, feeding children. Uh, It's really the whole well-being of a child from physical to um, emotional to spiritual um, and even educational. Uh, uh, And me and uh, Bree and our family, uh, we uh, decided to support a child. And I was able to actually meet that child while we were there, um, which was uh, part great, like exciting to, to see really where our investment is going. It's not just into, you know, into something. It's somebody specific. I, I know where that's going. But it was also heartbreaking uh, because here's a little boy that uh, doesn't have anything. Uh, a mom with five kids and living on less than $2 a day. Uh, living in a, a, a one-room, uh, eight-by-eight shed, shack, um, and chickens under the bed, um, mm-hmm. no space, um, unsafe, unsanitary, and we're going to be able to be a part of seeing him come out of that. And the, the amazing thing was is throughout the trip, um, you know, I got to meet some um, alumni of Compassion, uh, those that had been supported, and really oh, wow. how they brought them up out of poverty. Uh, I met one young man named Kurt. Um, he was just graduated from uh, university. He has his business uh, degree. And when he started in the program, when he was four years old, his family was living literally in the dumps um, uh, of Nairobi. And now um, he's college educated, come up out of, uh, out of poverty, and now giving back. Um, and the thing that, that struck me about, um, one thing that he said specifically, uh, he said that his sponsor uh, would write, and it's, uh, it's vital to do that, to stay connected. Um, but he said his sponsor was the first male that ever told him, I love you. Because yeah. it's not a normal thing in their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was powerful for him. Um, so we get to be a part of more than just, in essence, throwing money at a problem. And uh, 
And I know that there's problems here in the, in the states as well, but this level of poverty we don't, we don't experience. Um, and so uh, it, it's, it was an amazing trip just all the way around. Um, and really, truly, I believe that, uh, uh, man, if, if you've never been on a missions trip, uh, you should go. And I've been out of the country. I've been on many missions trips. And every time I go, I'm impacted again. And I'm brought back to the point of we have so much. We have nothing to complain about. There's a lot there. Uh, and I, I haven't even touched the surface. Yeah. Um, and we'll be talking more about that in the future, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will. So uh, we'll also do some, we'll include a link to Compassion International in the uh, description this week as well. So if you want to learn more about that cause, that you can visit their website yeah. and find out some more. And what was the highlight of the trip? Uh, well, honestly, there were many. Um, meeting the kids... Uh, and, and seeing just what God is doing. Uh, meeting the alumni was really, really good. We went out uh, about three hours out of Nairobi and went to a tribe called the Maasai uh, tribe. And um, when you think of maybe Kenyan tribes, this is that's the traditional uh, thing. So that was pretty amazing. Out in the middle of nowhere, um, God called a pastor and he planted a church and it ended up in a school and we saw 300 kids and they were just, the, the amazing thing was is they had nothing and yet they were filled with joy. Like, it was just kind of so different from sometimes what we see here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also heartbreaking uh, as well. Um, went to one of their homes and they live in a dung hut. So a house uh, made of dung and uh, small uh, six people living in this small shack on the side of a hill um, and yet seemingly thankf- thankful and and having joy in the midst of having really nothing um, so that was really really great uh, actually the people that I went with um, uh, it was phenomenal how we just kind of fell into a rhythm of friendship. Um, just I didn't know anybody really going. I knew one person, and there was 24 of us on the trip, um, and just made friends, and it was great. Um, and then there was a uh, at the end of the trip, uh, we got to do something that was kind of special. We got to go on a safari uh, while we were there, and that was really cool as well. Uh, the cool thing about that was probably was. Um, sitting in the Jeep um, and having lions laying down beside the side of the road about six feet away and feeling like at any moment this could turn bad. <laughs> but they apparently had just eaten and so they were tired and just they li- lifted up their head and looked at us and were like, eh, you know, we're not really concerned about you. It was just, it's so weird. Um, but just seeing all the things that you would see or you think about when you think about safari in Africa, like elephants and giraffes and zebras and lions and hippos and gators and uh, or crocodiles, not alligators. Um, just, but the, the, the amazing thing about that is, is the, the, just the artistic value of, God, you just made creation amazing. Um, just, I mean, to see a zebra 
a first hand or a giraffe first hand or you know they're just the colors vibrant and it's it's I mean I can't really even give it enough I can't I can't give God enough credit (laughs) did you ever have an uncontrollable urge to like step out of the vehicle and like like pet a lion you know Uh, no no not really (laughs) um didn't have that urge we actually did get out um one of the things they did we got we went out early on on a morning and so we didn't have breakfast and they took breakfast with them and so we went to this watering hole where a bunch of hippopotamuses were and crocodiles and so we got out and we were able to stand on a bank overlooking down on the river in this this watering hole where they would come to and see them fighting and playing or whatever they were doing. Um, pretty amazing. And then they uh, made breakfast for us right there. Had a kerosene grill thing and uh, ostrich eggs. Didn't know I was eating ostrich eggs until um, later, but they tasted just like regular eggs, uh, except bigger. Um, I was going to say, did they <laughs> scramble them so they were disguised? Or yeah. like, and then did you I, just have a giant egg the They size were scrambled. I didn't know any difference. And actually had an ostrich burger while I was there. Oh. The eggs were better than the burger. I'll just say that. Nice. And then in spite of all that, uh, you are still recovering from your shoulder surgery. And you come back and you look great. You look like you're doing great. Thank you. I'm trying. I did a lot of exercise while I was away. And uh, so I had therapy today, and they said I can be out of the sling as much as it's possible. We're probably around crowds still, wear it just so people don't just forget and smack me on the arm or something. <laughs> that would yeah. still hurt. That would be fun. Yeah. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, why don't we shift over to Matt? You let us this weekend. Um, why don't you just give us like a synopsis of your message? Yeah, so uh, these past few weeks we've been in the the Building Hope series and and building our uh, 2020 vision. And so I had the awesome opportunity uh, to share this past Sunday about building others, which I think is so vital in the church today. Um, I specifically talked about Barnabas and how Barnabas was known as the son of uh, of encouragement and uh, how he always loved giving people second chances, especially when they were pursuing after God with their whole hearts. And one of the, the major people that he actually did that for was Paul. And if anyone knows about Paul, and I shared this on Sunday, but, but Paul wrote a majority of our New Testament. He he helped father in the churches that we now know today. He was, he was kind of the, the person that would help out the churches in their time of needs. And he was always pouring into others because he knew the, the importance of doing that. Uh, and so one of the letters that he wrote in Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 14 to 21, uh, says this. It says, And we extort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Uh, which is actually the points in my message that I left uh, how do we become an encourager? We do exactly this. We need to, to warn those that are just stagnant in church. Church isn't just a place that we just come to check off the list, but it's a body of believers that are pursuing after one God uh, with their whole hearts. And that's how we should be together, unified as the church. Uh, the second would be to comfort the discouraged. You know, we're all in different forms of life. We're all in different paths in our walk with Jesus. Uh, and we just need to be that comforter to some people. We need to have faith and demonstrate that faith. We need to fight each other's battles in that. 
the third was help the weak. Uh, like I said, we're all in different different areas, and and because of that, we need to serve one another. We need to think of others more highly than we do ourselves. Jesus said, first and foremost, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, but to also love your neighbor as yourself. And last, which I think was the most, uh, the last two, which I think are the most important, are being patient. You know, discipleship is a lifelong process. But we need to be patient in, in helping others find who Jesus is in their life and building upon that relationship and always pursuing good for one another and for all. Pursuing God together as one body, like I've been emphasizing. Uh, but like I said, that that is the church today is is the process of individually having our own relationships, but coming together and knowing that we're not alone in this life coming together and pouring in and building upon that relationship with one another so we know that we're not alone in this fight and and that we can press forward continually seeking after God. So what are maybe some examples in our own lives where we've been encouraged in a moment of discouragement? I mean, I know for myself, and I kind of mentioned it uh, towards the beginning of my message of of just that uncertainty of being the only Christian believer uh, in my household uh, and not really having anyone to go to uh, when I was struggling with theology or struggling with an issue, uh, not having anyone that would answer those questions. And so for me, my youth pastor who stepped into my life and really was like that father figure for me, helped me through so much, whether it was problems I was dealing with in school or like I said, if it was problems I was dealing with in, in my belief and, and who Jesus was in my life, he was always there to step up and, and to not only tell me what to do, but walk it out with me. And I think that's probably one of the reasons it inspired me to be a youth pastor today, to be that someone to help point people to Jesus and to let them know that their lives can be radically changed if they just follow him. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think I've had encouragement from many different sources, um, which I think we all kind of thrive on that. Like, I think we all need encouragement. I don't yeah. think anybody is the island unto themselves say, oh, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I think we really all do <coughs> need that. So there's nothing wrong with that. And the Lord knows that. Um, you know, I think first and foremost uh, is that the Holy Spirit has... Um, encouraged me at times yeah. where and, and I and I'm not trying to be like over the top spiritual but but truly there are moments where it doesn't really matter what anybody else around me says mm-hmm. where like the the closest people to me um, they can they can try to encourage me with what they they're, they're trying to do and yet I can still at times feel not encouraged not because of a lack of trying for those around me but that discouragement can sometimes be heavy. Yeah. And yet the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to kind of pierce through that and encourage in ways that others can't. Now, the Holy Spirit will also work through people to mm-hmm. do that as well. And I have experienced that as well. But sometimes it's just that still small voice yeah. of, of God speaking to us. And then there are other times, you know, um, for me, uh, I've got um, my wife will encourage um my mom and dad are big encouragers for me they're mentors and uh of course they're my mom and dad are my heroes but they they encourage 
Uh, I've got staff that encourages. Um, I've got a board that is very encouraging, and I've got just people um, in our church that are extremely encouraging. That sounds like a lot of encouragement, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, you know, but I don't get that all the time from all of those sources. Right. Um, but I don't think we can ever be encouraged too much. So if you ever question, uh, man, should I encourage somebody? And this is not, I'm not talking, even talking about, hey, you need to, mm-hmm. hey, encourage Pastor Patrick. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I, but if, if somebody pops into your mind, man, take that. That's an opportunity where the Holy Spirit is really uh, leading you. And maybe just, uh, hey, you, you call them up and say, the Holy Spirit just placed you in my heart. Um, what's going on? That in itself can be encouragement because yeah. we know that we're not alone. Yeah. I, I remember um, about seven years ago, I was running a lot and I wasn't fast. I've never been a fast runner, but I would get up at around five in the morning and go down to the track, the, the high school track that was just two blocks from my house. And uh, one morning I got up super early because one of the kids had been sick. So I got up like a quarter to four and went down to the track and started jogging. And there was another guy there that was running and you could tell like he was an actual runner, actually, you know, did this a lot. And uh, so I'm going, I'm doing my two miles or whatever. And he kept passing me, Um, which, you know, like if you've ever done anything, whether you're driving or running or whatever, if somebody keeps passing you, it gets annoying. And on the last time, last time I went around the track, uh, he was coming up behind me. I could feel him coming up behind me. And I started to run faster. And I could feel him start to run faster. I started to run faster. And I determined in this last lap that he was not going to pass me again. And so he and I are in this epic chariots of fire race, (laughs) you know, like four o'clock in the morning on a high school track together. Um, And, you know, I don't even know. I don't have no idea who you know, made it down oh, the no. track. Oh, no, you finished the story, you won. No, I, d- I don't, <laughs> I, that's the thing, I don't know. I do know we made it past, like, the, the end area, and we both stopped, and we just kind of laughed and shook hands and introduced each o- ourselves to each other. And um, But it was just in that moment, I was like, you know, um, joining yourself to somebody else, like being a part of something more than yourself, um, you never know how that could encourage somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're like hot on their heels, chasing them in a moment of competition, you just don't know how you're pushing somebody else mm-hmm. to excellence. Yeah. Um, and I think that that makes a difference throughout uh, our church is, you know, not just, um, you know, getting involved in classes, not just getting involved uh, in ministries, but finding people to have influence on, uh, doing things outside of, you know, um, just when we get together as a church, but really having uh, people that you connect with and influence and encourage on a regular basis. Um, And it's not always going to be people that you like, you know, instantly click with either. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's going to be just in random moments, but God will use 
those random moments, those random, you know, 4 a.m. foot races uh, to do some encouraging. You know, it reminds me of uh, racing, whether it's bicycles or stock cars, that, that thing called drafting, where uh, another car will get behind the lead car and yeah. will actually go faster because they're in the draft of that, that lead car. And I really think that's what happens, too, in relationship. Like, we can be that person, that lead car for somebody and help bring somebody along faster and farther than they could ever go on their own or even think that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to remember that. We were, we were made for one another. Yeah. Do we have any examples, maybe not in our own walks, our own ministry, but maybe in our church, do you have an example of somebody that you see that's just doing a fantastic job of building up other people around them? Yeah, I think uh, Bob Bristow. Uh, I just really see him constantly doing that. I think he's just doing a phenomenal job of that. Um, he's really, he, he and Rhonda are really loving people and pastoring them in so many ways. Uh, uh, just connecting with them and then encouraging them. And they've got some stuff going on right now. Yeah. And yet, in spite of the heavy uh, situation and what they have, they're still getting outside of themselves and loving people, encouraging people. So Bob and Rhonda would be one. Uh, another person I think that just does a phenomenal job of it is Katie Morrow. I think that she um, just has that gift. She's just got the gift of Barnabas of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny that you mentioned the Bristos because so many of my youth leaders that are involved with Hope students are affected directly by the Bristos and, and the Bristos have actually encouraged them to get involved in youth. And so the Lockabees, uh, Gabriel Monique, and just a few others, you know, Carly Shannon, like has done so much all throughout the church. Yeah. And these are all significant people that like, they're not just serving in one area, but they're looking at the church as a whole body and helping in all areas that are needed here at Hope Church. And so those are my, you know, my youth leaders. I, I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for them. And they're having such a strong impact on the students and taking students out and being in their lives and pouring into their lives outside of the church to where when they're absent on a Wednesday night, the students are looking for their favorite leaders. Yeah. And so I say I, that really says a lot about the leaders that are in Hope Students for the students to want their leaders to be there and because they're not only in church on Wednesdays and Sundays, but they're also outside of the church impacting their lives is just phenomenal. It's, it's really encouraging the students to go deeper after Jesus because these leaders don't have to be involved in their life, but they're choosing to do so because Jesus is involved in their life. Yeah. You know, we just finished life group training. Um, we had some brand new life group leaders join us this session. Um, and AJ and Bree Davis are both doing a life group on their own separately. Uh, but Bree specifically, as we're going through the life group training, we're talking about how to grow your own life group, but then also like the principle of multiplication. Mm-hmm. That that's part of what we're needing to do as life groups. Um, and so we went through some principles of just, you know, bring somebody alongside of you. Um, and Bree, brand new life group leader, is doing that even now. She's already started um, connecting with people outside of just church and like yeah. going to them and making sure that they know what's going on. But she's also brought 
another person with along with her and said, hey, you may not be ready to lead a life group on your own. Will you come with me and do it along That's with me? That's awesome. And so, uh, again, just bringing people alongside. Yeah, it's crazy how God will do that. Just this past Sunday, uh, as I was bringing, bringing the word, I noticed someone out in, in the audience uh, was actually someone that I met at Target that previous Friday night. Uh, it started off with a compliment on my shoes that I was wearing, and it led into a conversation. I basically summed up my message that I was going to speak on Sunday in our conversation of why I'm a, I'm a youth pastor and why I came from Florida all the way to Iowa. And so you have no idea the doors God will open for you to pour into others and the impact that it'll have on their lives, which is kind of the summary of the message that I left on Sunday morning about building others up. That's awesome. Hey, what was your, because I wasn't here. Uh, what was your second point? It, it had to do with selfishness. Uh, it's com- comforting the discouraged. It was a part of the message uh, or a part or of the scripture. point. Helping the weak, serving others, uh, thinking them as greater than yourselves. That was it. Yeah. I, I bring that up just because you were going through those points. Those, all those points were great. I'm going to listen to the message on the podcast when I get out of jet lag here. Um, <laughs> but that one, when you were just saying it, really struck me. Um, and the thing is, is that I think that so often we don't do those things, that, that, that entire list, which is, it's not just things that you made up. Yeah. This is what God is calling us to do, right? Right. But we sometimes don't do that because we're selfish. Mm-hmm. We're selfish with our time. We're selfish with our talents. We're selfish with our money at times. And I really believe God is calling us to uh, kind of break out of that selfishness mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. Because the kingdom of God is not about us. The kingdom of God is about Jesus and expanding His glory. And that looks like the Holy Spirit working through the local church, which is you and I to impact our community and our city. But we'll only do that um, if we kind of put ourselves aside. And that doesn't mean that we don't get taken care of because the amazing thing is when we don't focus on us Mm -hmm. and we focus on someone else, God has a way of taking care of us, which so often we get worried. Well, what if I'm not taken care of? What if God's promises seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all the other things will be added to us. So I really believe that that's a key for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so great points, yeah. Matt. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to, to hearing that in full. Thanks so much for joining us this week at the Hope of the Well podcast. We just hope it's been just a point of refreshment in the middle of your week. Uh, you can always like, share, subscribe to the podcast, check it out on Facebook when we release it every week. And we hope that you join us next week here at the Well.